you're listening to the Delta Godcast, a devotional and conversational podcast for Christian youth. Hey, this is Pastor Ron, and you are listening to the third Convo episode. Today's guest is the Poema Pastor from City on a Hill, again, which is the English Ministry of Youngnock. He is originally from London, Ontario. He's a big sports fan, and he is into working out these days. Let me just introduce you to Pastor Tim Song. Tim, welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Ron. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so Tim, please tell us about like Poema, like what what does poema mean? So poema in, in Greek it means God's handiwork or God's workmanship. Now two pastors before me, uh, he named this ministry, which is the college ministry of of, of uh, City on a Hill, and I, I guess he thought that it's just it fit well, uh, just reminding these students that we are God's workmanship, that that we serve God, and and uh, our goal is to grow in Christ and and to serve Him. So that's that's the name of of that's what poema means, and um, yeah. So I've been leading this ministry since two thousand fifteen. So I guess this is my sixth year, and so it's it's, it's an exciting ministry to just uh, connect with our college students here. Hmm. Yeah, you must have seen a lot of the high school grads coming up now, and uh, yeah. How how do you think like they're finding those college years like? What, what do you think would be like even one of the stumbling blocks or challenges for them? Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, it, it's so so cool to kind of s- go through a whole cycle, right? So um, when I first started, it was the 1997s that were the Froshies, and now they've graduated two years ago. So I've I've gone a f- through a full cycle, kind of walked with them, um, both kind of experiencing new things because I was a new pastor and they're new to the ministry. But I guess every year what, what I realized one of the challenges is transitions, right? So after uh, the grade 12s graduate from, from high C or Delta, um, it's, it's, it's a transition. So it, it, it takes effort, I guess, in one sense to, to plug in. Uh, it's, it's so easy because there's so many distractions too in the sense that uh, it's new for, for these students. Like they, they're going to college, university. Uh, some of them may be moving outside of uh, the city. Um, and, and so that's, been like the challenge of making sure that all of these students who are coming up uh, find community, right? Uh, but then once they do find community, I think um, the challenge is balancing between school and, and, and church, right? A balancing between, yeah, school is absolutely important, but also uh, your spiritual walk is important as well. And, and so um, trying to navigate through uh, setting aside the time to, to kind of grow in community so I think those two are kind of the the main things I think about, and then also there's also temptations, uh, various temptations that that you go through um, as as you continue to grow, right? And and so navigating through that as well. Yeah, if you were to think about say your own transition from high school to college, like, and you're seeing the kids transitioning today, like, what are some differences and what are some similarities that you notice? Maybe context is is in one way helpful here because I grew up in London so it's a very small community like if, if you're Korean you pretty much know every Korean in London and um, the way you found community was through the church and so uh, my high school years definitely was just rooted in, in church life and then when I went to university same thing it was just rooted in church life and so I think for me the transition was very smooth 
right? Uh, just another background info. Like my dad was a senior pastor of our church, so I was, I was the pastor's kid. So everyone knew me in one sense, and um, it was just easy for me to uh, get along with people. And I went, I went to Western for university, so I stayed in London. So uh, it was, it was home. It was comfortable. It was something that uh, was just uh, simple and easy for me to to transition. But so I think when I see the students here in Toronto, right, the context is a little different where the city's bigger, right? Um, you have more students leaving the city, but also, um, uh, I, I guess, yeah, it's just hard to find a, a place where they could connect, a place where they, they feel like this is their identity. Or, or I think going back to like what I was talking about with transitions, right? There's just, just so many more things to think about. And I think, I, I don't, for some reason, it feels like there's more distractions. There's more distractions. Um, like in the big city, you mean? Yeah, Versus in the London? big city, right? Because, like, honestly, in the in London, it's like you, you do, you go to school, and then you go home and hang out with your friends, right? But here, there's just so many other things that you can do. Yeah, that's interesting because, you know, Western is known as, like, the party school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're already nodding your head on that. Yeah. yeah, so for like high schoolers who are thinking about going up to um, Poema and into the college years, what can they expect like once they graduate, not just from church, but even in school? Like especially knowing some of the subcultures that are out there associated with different schools. Mm, good question. You know, to be honest with you, I, I never was part of that party scene. So I'm, I'm not too sure, really, because I, I just immersed myself in, in church community. But I do know that that is a challenge for each student. And in one sense, they have to go through that a little bit. Like, in, I'm not saying they should go party, but it's like learning the different subcultures within the school. Because uh, maybe a lot of these students have been, in one sense, sheltered in the church. I definitely was. Right, like, and, and I was told at a young age not to do this, do this, not to do that, right? Uh, but even just for me, being sheltered and being in that university sense, I, I could see it. And I see my friends also kind of going through that as well. I was that kid where no one would invite me. No one inv- would invite oh, me to Oh, that's so those, sad. Because they knew that, oh, Tim is like, um, Tim doesn't party or Tim Tim doesn't drink, so they, they just kind of don't invite me. But I, I know that it's, it's, it's happening. I know that it, it's everywhere. And um, I think as a church and now as a pastor, when I think about it, I think the thing that I my role is just to encourage these guys about the more important things of, like, their, their faith journey, their, their walk, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of pressures or temptations that, that are there, but... Um, yeah, um, I guess our hope and is that they would see that and right and and be able to discern it. But um, yeah, it's a different world in one sense, right? That the world is changing more and more, and it's becoming more of a secular world where their values are are, are not Christian values, right? There there was a time where it was probably, but it's shifting more and more, and so I think it's just. Uh, a message of just being cautious and aware of that, right? mm-hmm. that, that um, you know, it could be one compromise, one small little compromise, but that could lead to shifts in, in what you value and, and what you pursue. Um, that's an interesting idea of the shift mm-hmm. because when you think about like you, at least when I was in youth, like mm-hmm. 
Yeah, our our parents were kind of strict too. Yeah. But maybe we were just more rebellious and we managed to do all those, you know, detrimental things or those like shady things anyways, mm-hmm. even without our parents' permission. Yeah, so kids will find a way to do what they want still. And I think one of the things we want to teach them is that, look, if you make a mistake, there is still redemption available. Like you can you can be turned around from that, right? Absolutely. And I think there are a lot of students who kind of, when you look at their church life, right? They're in one sense forced to go to church up until grade 12, right? I, I think it's changing a little bit where, uh, like you mentioned, students will kind of decide on their own and, and make decisions, you know, based on what they want. But growing up, I think you, both you and I felt that pressure from our parents that we had to go to church. But I think part of that shift that we're talking about is uh, an ownership, right? Um, I th- up until maybe h- high school, our parents have kind of forced things upon us in, with good intentions, of course. I don't want to make parents sound like they're, they're terrible people. They, they love us and they have good intentions. But I think when you go into university, um, there's more of this ownership, right? Uh, definitely with your faith life, but in all aspects of your life. And it's not like you have to hide it anymore, maybe, right? So whatever that shift could just simply be that something that you were hiding for, for years is now just kind of, you know, you've embraced it or, or whatnot, right? And But I think um, the, the shift that we want to see in, in, in students is uh, a deeper relationship with Christ, mm-hmm. right? And, and you're absolutely right that uh, we, we do make mistakes. And, and there are many times, every day, we fall short, right? And, and we sin. But there is that message of redemption that, that no matter how many times we fail, right? If, if we believe in, in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that, that there is redemption, that there is forgiveness if we, if we turn back to Him, right? But yeah, it's, it's interesting uh, when we think about that shift and just kind of the hiddenness maybe that, that, uh, we, that we experience. I appreciate the clarification on, especially the shift in ownership, like the connection you're making. Because mm-hmm. uh, I got to say, like, students, you, you can't see this, but... You may see it, you may notice it when you see Pastor Tim later when we get back together, but he has lost a lot of weight. And I, I think part of that is you took ownership of your health, mm-hmm. right? So like the, the process of um, getting that shift and taking ownership, it, it's not something that's automatic, but it can also be, take over time. But I thought maybe you could also speak about that in your own personal life mm. um, and, and that shift occurring. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, like we're talking about shifts and definitely going into university first year or high school. Like there's all these shifts, but these shifts continue in life. And for me, I've always been pretty heavy. Um, I can't remember the last time I was under 200 pounds, to be honest with you. Right. I, I always joke that it was probably like grade seven. Right. Yeah, but, it's um, the same for me. too. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, with this pandemic, you know, I've always thought that I'm 33 now, right? So at, with every passing year, I keep telling myself, like, uh, I, I need to get healthier. I need to lose weight, right? And I've, I've done that in the past. I've tried ridiculous diets, like a no-carb diet. I, I, like, I, I don't know why I did that to myself, but I, I tried it. 
um, trying to avoid exercise because like I just didn't like it, right? But you know, with with the pandemic, uh, the first month it was like, you know, you hear a freshman fifteen. I think there's like like a COVID fifteen for me, right? <laughs> Where um, you know, all of a sudden you're just stuck at home and you're eating and uh, you're do you're not moving, you're not doing anything, and um, I actually got to a weight that I haven't been. Um, as far as I remember, right? So I was getting really heavy and uh, just, I remember one day just, it was, it just, something snapped in my mind where I was just like, if I don't get healthy now, I feel, I really felt like this was my last chance, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, like in all aspects of our lives as Christians, um, our standard is the Bible, right? And so, you know, you, you get verses like uh, like this. Uh, you probably heard this verse from First Corinthians six, where it says, "Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, uh, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own; you are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies." Right? Or, or in the same letter, Paul writes in chapter three, "Don't you know that you you yourselves are God's temple, and that God's Spirit dwells in you, uh, in your midst?" If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred, and you together are that temple, right? So that image of like my body being God's temple, and mind you, the first verse that I read, it, it contextually, it's talking about sexual immorality, actually. Mm. But a lot of people use that as like talking about their physical bodies. Yeah, right? I've had youth pastors and other pastors use that passage to say, "Don't get a tattoo." Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> and and so like. Growing up, I feel I felt like I would always go back to that verse and just kind of think, yeah, my body's a temple, so I should take care of it physically, right? Which is like maybe that verse isn't saying that, but um, but that's how I felt honestly. Like um, the biggest thing with with uh, my just physical health was uh, I started to realize that physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual health are all connected, and um, as I've been, like, I've been working out for, like, five plus months straight now, and uh, I've never done this in my life, right? But there's aspects of working out and getting healthier that is connected in, in all aspects of my life, right? And one of that is, is discipline. As a pastor, or even when I was a university student, my pastor would drill um, disciplines, spiritual disciplines, right? Um, read your Bible, pray, you know, memorize scripture, go evangelize, Right? And it's a discipline. It's work, right? In one sense, it, it, it takes effort. And, and that's what I'm realizing even with physical, my physical health is that I, it takes effort and discipline to, to um, become healthy. And, and so it's not just for my physical health I'm realizing, but God is using uh, working out. God is work, uh, using exercise as a form of discipline and, and for me to really grow in that so that in other areas, like another issue with this pandemic is mental health. Like I personally, I'm living on my own. I'm living in a basement right now. So it's not like the best setting for a pandemic, but I think all of that's connected, right? And so that's what I'm learning. And, and I think that's the biggest thing of honoring God with my body, but also at the same time, because I am I am a temple of God, right? A place where God resides and, and he's in, in me, right? But at the same time, it's, it's discipline. Uh, and, and that's really helped me tremendously. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great reminder of, um, I'm trying to think of the passage, but I, mean, I think it was James, but about faith and works. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, yeah, uh, you can show me your faith or you can talk about your faith, but I'm going to show you my faith by what I do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so um, the, the effort does matter. Like it has eternal significance too. Yeah, it does. And like, um, I'm not saying that the discipline and the work that you put in um, necessary, necessarily, maybe for working out, yeah, the results show, right? But um, yeah, definitely there's an importance of being disciplined and, and, and work. Right? But in our spiritual life, thankfully, it's not just about doing it, but it's, it's really trusting that God is going to do it. God is doing the work. Right, but you're like you're right when you're saying on that um, the effort is is important, right? Because without that effort, without the discipline of reading your Bible, without the discipline of praying, like there's a very very little chance that God will do anything, right? <laughs> yeah, that's and, right. Because we're not willing, and and just um, we're not place, putting ourselves in a in a situation or place where uh, we're ready for God to really do something. Mm-hmm. Realize, right and so it's, it's a mental thing too like um for 32 33 years of my life i was not willing and then all of a sudden uh this this year uh my mind was just set and most a lot of the time it's just like this mental kind of motivation of i'm gonna do it i, I have to do it right that which kind of fuels me to be disciplined right yeah, and that seems like the biggest hump to get over is that, you know, the intention is there, but getting your body to move yeah. and actually do it, yeah, yeah. like, that's a whole nother push. Like, we, we always want results as soon as possible with the least amount of effort and work, right? That's, that's me too. I, I want to I be fit. I want to have that six-pack and uh, without any work, but that's not how it works. <laughs> that's not how it goes, right? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that kind of leads into another topic is um like body image Mm. you know like for youth body image is a big thing these days because if you look on instagram or if you look on social media like there's all sorts of pictures of people who are working out and showing off their six pack and that's the result of all the work that they put in Mm -hmm. but then it doesn't tell the whole story of like you know they're actually flexing their abs (laughs) while they're taking that picture to show the six pack and the amount of insane dieting that goes in to actually have a normal like uh, a visible six-pack is ridiculous like mm-hmm. some models they actually don't eat any sugar mm-hmm. um, they like eat zero carbs they actually have to dehydrate themselves mm-hmm. before that shoot in order to show off the ripply muscles and uh, it, it's insane what they put themselves through in order to have like that one moment of time where they show a six pack or like their pecs or, you know, their, their muscles and triceps. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's sometimes like that extreme is not worth it. And it's not real. If you think about it, it's, right. not, it's not realistic. Right. So when, when we are looking at, at social media and, and I think we're all guilty of it too. Like even for me, like I, I'm not a social media type of person, but you know, every time I take selfies, for example, it's always that 45 degree angle, right? <laughs> it, it can never be like straight because then my, my double chin will show, right? Or, um, yeah, like what you're talking about, there's like Photoshop, right? So, and, and people, uh, so when, when you're looking at social media and just, I think those are unrealistic expectations in one sense. And I think that's, that's not good because it sets unhealthy 
expectations on ourselves, right? And it, it and it because that they're impossible to meet. I think we just get discouraged and and, and we start to like hate ourselves in one sense, mm-hmm. right? And so growing up as like a bigger guy throughout my whole life, I think that's always been uh, something that's on my mind. Like, how do people see me? How do people view me? And I think in, in some times in my life, some areas in my life, uh, I think I've embraced that a little bit, right? Like, this is who I am, you know? So I'm just going to indulge, like, you know, you know that, that stereotype of, of bigger, fat people being lazy, right? I, I think I was just like, whatever. If people think that, then I'm going to do that. But then in the back of your mind, you don't like that either, <laughs> right? And so you're constantly in this complex of who am I, right? And, mm. and I think body image becomes such a identity issue for many of us, right? But I will say this, though. Like, because I feel healthier and I feel like I, I have been dropping weight and, like, you know, I've been at, at – I've met my goals and I, I'm meeting new goals and setting new goals, right? It does feel good. And I do feel like, you know, I'm better about myself, right? So I think there is that balance of uh, making sure that your expectations are healthy and, and something that is like, um, it doesn't like, over, it's not the overarching thing in terms of how you view yourself and who you are. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah, I I don't think that should define your identity, right? Right, but um, it does feel good. I I have to admit, it does feel good to feel a little bit healthier. It does. Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. When I used to work out, like there's a lot of posing going on. Yeah, in yeah. Front of the you know, mirror. like uh, I I don't like taking pictures, but I I will admit, I'm standing in front of the mirror in the washroom, thinking, oh, okay, do I see a little bit of shoulder? Do I see my triceps a bit more and my stomach shrinking? Yeah, so it does feel good when you when you do see that. Yeah, and I think the same can be said of um, even godliness. When you see that you are acting according to how God, you know, mm-hmm. wants you to wants you to live your life. Like, can we not take pride in that? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, First Timothy chapter 4, um, Paul writes this to Timothy. He says, for physical training is of some value, right? But godliness has value for all things, right? Um, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. And what, what Paul is talking about is the importance of godliness, Right, so we just spend time talking about our physical health and and like really, the the physical training and the discipline and the effort and motivation to to get fit and then healthy, um, but that's important. I think he's saying there is value in that, but there's something even more valuable, which is godliness, which is becoming more and more like God, right? Which is as Christians and as believers, right? Our identity is in Christ. It's in God. Not in any uh, like not in anything else, right? First and foremost, right? It's God. So, um, kind of kind of like how we would assess ourselves physically in the mirror. I think it's always important to assess where we are in in our walk with God and in, just in in our walk of becoming more and more godly, right? And so, yeah, I, I I agree with you, right? And it does feel good, like when you start to see um, the fruit that comes from following Jesus, right? When you start to um, see the results of how your godly character encourages and empowers the people around you, 
right? I, I think that is encouraging and that motivates you to continue in this in this walk. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes we, we get the impression that like the motivation or the the I guess the joy we experience from seeing results is somehow not good. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I mean, you know, if I'm posing in front of the mirror, <laughs> Like, I do feel good about myself, but I'm also like, oh, my gosh, like, I can get bigger <laughs> if yeah. I really want to, right? Yeah. Like, I can go from 19-inch arms to, like, 20-inch arms if I really put my mind to it. Yeah, but definitely. But in the end, like, having 20-inch arms, <laughs> doesn't it, it doesn't do anything for character, mm-hmm. right? Even though there's the discipline of getting there, mm-hmm. like, it doesn't make me more Christ-like. I don't think Christ had 20-inch guns. Could Yeah, I think I've seen a picture online where there's like a really ripped Jesus, like the stone statue <laughs> crucified. It's just got like a six pack. And oh, it's like, yeah, I that must have been like a bodybuilder who made that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, like like again, I I feel like there is value in, in just our physical health, but um it doesn't compare to godliness shapes your character, godliness shapes um, the way you think, the way you speak, the way you act, right? I, I feel like godliness, and, and that's that's the key to being a Christian, right? That's the that's the goal, that's the journey. Just like, uh, let's say we we have goals of like weight or goals of like maybe the size of our arms, right? Um, the goal of being a Christian is uh, holiness, right, and godliness, right, and and. I think as we grow, the, the, the grace of God in, in the, is that um, we see the results, right? We see the results, and that motivates us to keep going, right? Whereas, like, you know, if, if I take an off day, for example, or, or cheat day, right? Like, cheat day, like, I'm just scarfing my face with, like, McDonald's or, like, something that I, I want to indulge in. But then um, when I weigh myself, you feel that, like, ugh, like, I, now I have to work on this again, right? But... Um, I, I think with godliness is kind of like that too in the sense that like we could get sidetracked and whatnot but the real motivation comes when you do see the fruit right that mm-hmm. when you are growing when you are deepening in your relationship when you get to know who God is more and more uh, as God reveals to us his character right because the Bible teaches us uh, to imitate him right to follow him and, and so when God shows us more and more of who he is, right? And that's why the gospel is so important, right? Because that gospel message is, is of his great love for us, right? The redemption, the restoration that we have in Christ, right? That uh, he died for our sins. So every day we will fall. Every day, you know, we will cheat in one sense, right? Every day we will um, indulge in, in our fleshly desires and whatnot. But the hope and the peace and the joy that we have is that in Christ, we, we're still redeemed, that we, we, there is restoration, right? And so I think that's what really is, is awesome about um, just following Christ and, and finding our identity in Him because it's all about Him. It's all about God and less about me. That's a great encouragement, I think, to youth to, to hear that, you know, it... it there's a greater purpose into a lot of the things that we can do. And even like something as simple as working out Mm -hmm. and and trying to get healthy can also be glorifying to God. Mm -hmm. Um, But let me just pick up on something you also said there about like fleshly desires. Mm. 
Yeah. So, you know, the idea of body, like having poor body image sometimes can lead to poor decisions, especially, especially in areas, say, like relationships mm. and dating, like the lack of self-confidence. We want to draw near to somebody who will actually help build up that confidence. But sometimes that doesn't always work out really well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the reason why I'm sighing is like I'm looking back and I'm thinking back at, at my life, right? And and that's so true, you know. Like um, I think for me too, with with the lack of confidence in in body image, I think the first girl that I liked was in grade four, right? But wow, that's early. That's really early, right? But I just remember she was in my class and uh, just thinking, wow, she's so pretty, you know. And uh, she happened to be a neighbor. Right, so we would we would pl- hang out and see each other about a bit more. But I was so always afraid to pursue anything or just to kind of like reach out to her, right? But you're right though. I think with this uh, like self image and stuff like that, you want to fill yourself with with something that makes you feel good, right? You want to fill like whatever la- thing you're lacking, you you want to fill it with something. And I think a big part of that is we think that. By being in relationships, by seeking um, a dating relationship or someone uh, like a, a special, I guess, relationship will, will fill that. And that's a huge, I think, that's a dangerous thing to really think about because, well, first of all, like, I guess we're talking about relationships and, and, and dating. And um, when you think about dating from a Christian perspective, right, like, is there something, a such thing as Christian dating? Because, like, as a Christian, we want everything to, we want to learn and, and know and, and figure out what, what to do. Everything funnels through the Bible. You can search all you want uh, throughout the whole entire Bible, and there, there's no real reference to dating, right, in the Bible. So then how do Some we, people have tried. Some people yeah. have tried, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, right? But, um, so how does a Christian then navigate through that, right? Um well, here's the thing about that, that indulgence or that fleshly desire. Um, I think it's super unhealthy to pursue a relationship out of selfish, uh, out of a selfishness. Mm. That um, it's because I need something, you pursue it. Right? I think when, when a relationship becomes more about you and your needs or your wants, maybe we don't even know what we need, but our wants and our desires... Um, I think you're on a trajectory for some disaster. <laughs> you know, when, when you date somebody, there's only, there's only two outcomes, right? You either marry the person or you break up with them. Um, the reason why, I, I, I started dating in university, not because I didn't want to, but maybe it was out of fear or even this thinking, even at, at a young age of, am I ready to date, mm-hmm. right? Like, am, am I, like... I felt this lack of confidence in myself, right? I thought that I would be more fearful of what that person would think of me. I think that kind of stopped me, but maybe in university I felt like I was a little more mature, right? And, and I could handle it. But when, when you have that selfish desire, and I think I did, like how, did, how can this person make me feel good? You, you, there's so many other temptations that come that way, right? And I, I listened to the other podcasts and, and the first one with David, I think we should go back and listen to it again because that purity, right? 
when you're not dating, purity and, and sexual sin is, is, is so real. You think that being in a dating relationship makes that easier? I think it's harder. Um, that selfishness, that selfish heart is, I think, what fuels a lot of that. And, and, what, and Satan uses that to really tempt us with these sins. That's one of the things I, I feel like is, is a danger. Like, why are you dating? Why are you pursuing this type of relationship? You got to really ask yourself that. Because if you're honest with yourself and it's about you and about making you feel better, um, it's not looking good. Right. And part of that may be like the, the image of seeing the other person in a different perspective, like whether it's the secular perspective of like this is another individual like who is free and who is who can make their own choices and such. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, going back to the the Timothy passage, like Paul tells Timothy, hey, your relationships are more like your family, especially in the Christian setting. Mm-hmm. Like older people are like your parents and younger people, they're your brothers and sisters. And you should try to preserve that pure relationship with them. Mm-hmm. That way, when you do get married, like you are... Yeah, the, the, the mindset of it is not coming from a place of want, but it's coming out of like a gospel understanding of this is how I'm connected to that next person. Yeah, like all our relationships, our focus should be to glorify God and to really carry out His will, right? So um, I think the importance of um, building relationships, uh, having brothers and sisters in Christ, right? Having spiritual mentors, and disciples, people that um, model and set an example of godliness to you, right? They're so essential, right? And I think having those types of relationships actually help in building up your identity and and building you up in terms of um, the confidence of just knowing who you are, right? And that you don't have to depend on... um, certain relationships like dating relationships to kind of feel a void that you may feel but rather there's more fulfillment there's more joy there's more um growth and maturity when, when we when we see why relationships are important it's not necessarily for us but it's for god's glory right and and to do his will right and here's another thing i think a healthy way of seeing maybe because I've been there. You've been there. We've we've all been in that stage, like in Delta, like in high C or like high school age. Let, let's be honest. Like we, we mentioned it before that um, even though we may know what people are telling us or like what what maybe we should do, if we want to do it, we're going to find a way to do it, right? <laughs> yeah. And and I think um, when I first became the Poema Pastor, uh, you could ask the 97s, but... I was very strong with that because of my own experiences. Like I've dated a couple of times in university. I dated two girls in university and it was hard. It was challenging because I think it had a lot to do with self-image and needing to kind of feel better about myself and, and indulging in, in my fleshly desires too, right? And so I guess because of that, I I've had this strong feeling against dating I would tell students, don't date. You're not ready, right? That didn't go off too well, I don't think, right? Because people don't like to be told what to do, right? Yeah, that's, um, that's what like our parents used to tell yeah. us. It's like, 
high school, just be friends, but don't date. Exactly, exactly. And I felt like I was being a parent because I was just like, guys, you're not ready. You're not ready. Because, you know, like dating as a Christian, you want to have more of a Christian mindset to it than, than you're thinking about marriage too, right? You cannot think about marriage when you're pursuing a dating relationship, right? Like the question is, will you marry this person, right? And if you marry this person as a Christian, what are the, the Bible does teach us about um, how we should pursue marriage, right? Uh, but all that to say, I was, I was just like so against it. But then um, I think as like I'm pastoring and as I'm realizing and as I'm kind of in hindsight, when I look back at what I was like when I was in high school, when I was in university, yeah, I, I think I realized that I was pursuing relationships for the wrong reasons. But a healthy way of pursuing it, I think, is when you meet somebody and you care about the other person more than you care about yourself. You know, I think mm. that's one way of a good indication that this is someone that you, you might want to pursue. Mm. Right? It's not the answer. It's not like a, oh, I care about this person more than, therefore, da-da, and you marry. But I think it's a good indication, mm. right? That your care for this person, and as a Christian, your care for, to kind of walk with this person uh, towards Christ together. I think that is a healthy way of seeing relationships, right? I think it's, it's inevitable that we have the selfishness inside of us that we want what we want or like, you know, we, we give into these desires. But if there's a constant reminder of a genuine care for the other person and also a, a desire for both of you to lead each other to Christ, towards Christ, I think then you're setting yourself for, for a healthy relationship because no matter what, it's going to be tough, right? And, and one last thing maybe about uh, this is, I think, how can you be in a dating relationship when you're dealing with another person when you don't know your, who you are first? Hmm. You know, like we're talking about uh, self-image and lacking the confidence and, and maybe if you don't know who you are and if you, if you don't have that confidence, what makes you think you can make a relationship with another person work? Yeah, okay. that's an interesting point. Um, I might, I'm just going to play devil's advocate yeah, yeah, and course. argue the other side is that um, you might also not be able to know yourself really well unless you're in that kind of relationship with a person where you start to learn about, you know, your pet peeves, mm-hmm. or this is what the quality you like in a person, mm-hmm. or you know, am I being too shallow? Am I mm-hmm. looking at character? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I think it's a it's a there's a tension yeah. in, in dating, especially like for for youth group where it's like you do need to learn some of those like yeah. um, qualities about yourself. Yeah. And you can only learn it when you're in like a, a dating relationship sometimes. Mm-hmm. But again, like you're saying, if the purpose is to fulfill some kind of need, mm-hmm. then maybe it's the more mature decision to just say, well, like I kind of need to figure some stuff out mm-hmm. because if I go into a relationship and I don't know these things about myself, you can actually do damage to the other person as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's a good point. And, uh, like, as I'm listening, I agree with you. Like, there, there is that kind of rebuttal and there is that, that it's true that you won't kind of know unless you kind of experience it yourself too, 
But then I also think of like all the other relationships that you could really learn about who you are, right? Like in terms of character, right? There's very specific things I think in a dating relationship that maybe you'll you'll figure out and, and, and kind of learn about yourself. But in terms of like, if, if we're saying that godliness, let's say, is like more important and is the most important thing, you could, you could see that and you could learn that. You could grow in that in, in so many other relationships, right? And I just... I, I, when I look back in my experience, I'm I'm not listening to my own advice. This is all like hindsight, <laughs> right? You know, that's like the, that's the best way to learn yeah, sometimes. Yeah, but like you know, sometimes that's that's needed and that's important because we have this feeling that I want to experience it. I need to experience it myself. But sometimes there's wisdom in hearing other people who've gone through it, right? And and, and it's telling you, look, I've gone through it, and I understand. But there's there's ways you can learn that. There's other ways you can learn that without really necessarily putting yourself in a vulnerable situation, mm-hmm. right? And and I think another thing about dating relationship, we, we focus so much on the two people, right? But if you think about like Christian dating, let's say, right? You, you got to involve community in some sense, yeah. right? Like how does a, how does a dating relationship impact the community, mm-hmm. right? And, and what happens, let's say, if it doesn't work out, right? I've, I've seen in personal experiences and I still see it now where relationships happen, which, like, everyone's, like, all for, but then if it doesn't work out for whatever reason and they break up, then you see, like, slight divisions happening a little bit. Like, oh, do I have to choose this person? Do I have to choose that person? And dating relationships, uh, I think one thing we have to realize is it impacts more than just two people, right? It impacts a community. And so there's just so many layers to this, and we don't have enough time to talk about all that. But... Um, all that to say is I agree with you that there are certain things that we need to kind of go and experience ourselves, but I don't think we have to force ourselves to and place ourselves in those situations for the sake of learning. But if you are, right, if you happen to be in a relationship, if you happen to experience those things, I, I know God is teaching us and helping us to learn and experience certain things. Yeah, it's so true. Like you're saying, the the impact on the community. Because when we think about uh, marriage in a church, like in a church community, it's really a communal event. Mm-hmm. Because if you wanted to make it about marriage being private, you could just go get married at city hall with mm-hmm. you, your spouse, and the judge there or the justice of the peace. Mm-hmm. But in church, we see it's very different. Like it's celebrated by the community. Mm-hmm. It's a public declaration that you are being joined to this other person. And it's a covenant before God, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it like the the idea that it's your relationship, even in dating relationship, it has much more impact than we think. And I think for youth, maybe um, that's what we that's what youth need to think about as well. Is like mm-hmm. there is a larger sphere than just me and this other person. Yeah, like that's and that's such a hard thing to ask a, a high school student to think about, you know, because. <laughs> It's just about do you like this person or not, right? Like it's just, like I think it's hard to go beyond that. But you know what? Like as a pastor, as an older brother, um, like yeah, it there there's so much layers, guys. There's so many layers to this, and um, there's so many positive things that could come out of it for sure. But also like you know, sin sin is real, right? Um, like going back to community is like I think the temptation is to isolate yourselves when you're in a relationship where it's just about me and, and that other person. 
Yeah, that's and when your friends are calling, say, dude yeah. or girl, like, hey, I don't see you anymore since you started dating. Yeah, and, and actually, like, um, we think that that's better because we spend more time with this person and we're getting to know this one person more. And um, But number one, uh, don't, don't be together too long and too often because I think that you're setting yourself up for um, temptations, right, and, and, and hardships. But... Uh, Number two, you lose you lose community, right? And and you lose that sense of just community. And we don't want like this is me going back to what I was saying to the poem as soon as when I first started. Don't date, don't date. Right? Now it's changed where, like, I still in my heart maybe sometimes feel like uh, it'd be better if they didn't. But I won't tell them don't date anymore, but rather encourage them in godliness mm-hmm. and encouraging them once again of um, the important things. Right? Like, um, do you care for this other person? Do you care about your relationship with God first and foremost? Is that what's going to define and kind of in one sense influence and impact the way you do relationships, your relationship with God, right? Um, are you growing? Are you growing in, in holiness? And, and uh, you know, are you disciplined, right? Going back to all the discipline in, in, in that pursuit of holiness, right? Those things I, I stress, right? Because, um, yeah, I feel like if they want to, they will, <laughs> right? And uh, as a pastor, I just want to walk with them in that, knowing that it's, it's, yeah, they will experience a lot of joys, but also a lot of hardships too, mm-hmm. right? So just kind of to, to be there, to support them in that and to remind them of what's most important. Yes, thank you for that. I, I think youth... It's affirming to youth to know that like pastors are willing to journey alongside them, mm-hmm. that it's not about um, condemnation or judging, but you know when, if and when mm-hmm. mistakes happen or like you know the wrong decisions get made, pastors aren't there to say like point fingers and say this is what you did wrong, but it's to say hey this is how God can turn it around. Right. right. Yeah. This is how God can turn your life around or turn this decision around, and. You can experience that through your relationship with Christ. And if you're trying to mm-hmm. solidify your identity in who Christ is, like you're saying, and putting into that little bit of effort to discipline yourself, whether it's um, scripture reading, prayer, devos, you know, worship, worship is a big one. Um, yeah, we can experience that freedom from the past mm-hmm. and freedom from like those past mistakes. Um yeah, just as we kind of, I guess, kind of start wrapping up then, is there anything final that you would like to say to the youth, uh, whether it's about dating or, like, getting healthy or, like, <laughs> what to expect in, like, life after youth, youth yeah. ministry? You know, I guess my encouragement, maybe this is a challenge, but also an encouragement, is everything does matter, you know? Like, um when we talk about dating, I think a lot of it has to do with our emotions, right? Just emotionally speaking and the health of our emotions. We talked a lot about um, self-image. We talked a lot about filling this void that we may feel, right? Uh, or whether it's physically, you know, like where you just feel sluggish or just unhealthy. Like your body does matter, right? And your health does matter. But I think more importantly, spiritually, right? Uh, just the pursuit of godliness, right? All of it matters. All of it matters. And so 
um, even in like even as young as you may feel and you may feel like you know you can do anything right because like you know the limit you know, there's no limits to all things but um, my encouragement to you is um, try to think of what's most important and go from there right so guys your relationship with God is first and foremost you know you have a God that loves you you have a God that ha that died for you you have a God that for is so forgiving that no matter how many times you mess up right he's there he he, ne he will never leave you nor forsake you right there's just these wonderful promises of, of who our God is and what he has done for us and let that really impact all aspects of your life right really to the point where God is all you need it's, it, it may be hard to fathom and, and I, I struggle with that every day too do I really believe that God is all I need but when when you experience that I think that's the deepest the richest the just the most blessed thing that we can experience is that yeah when God is enough right when he is more than enough for, for me so that he satisfies all things and you could do that now, but also, I guess, in transition, kind of uh, concluding what you're asking. As you transition, like some of you guys are in grade 12, right? And the rest of you guys will be graduating at one point, right? Um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited that uh, I'll have a chance to walk with you in this season, in, the, in that next season in Poema. But um, my encouragement is um, find community, right? Find community because... This life that we live and uh, is not meant to do to do it on your own. We're, we're not we're not meant to do things on our own. We need community. So to surround yourself with just godly people. You have Pastor Ron. You have your leaders. You have older brothers and sisters in in Delta that that you could look up to and learn from. And that's the same thing. No matter what season you you enter, you always have people uh, to look up to that will model godliness to you. But also um, people that you can model godliness to as well. That you you are leaders as well. You are um, people that can model Christ to others, whether it's your friends, whether it's your younger brothers or sisters. So that's my encouragement to you, to really have this holistic view of what it means to be a Christian. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you, Pastor Tim, for joining us today. Um, I hope that as you listen, you were just really encouraged. And, you know, these are topics that we're open to talking about anytime. Like if you have questions, just approach one of the leaders or one of the pastors and we can sit down and talk about it. And if you feel like you know all the answers, maybe it's time to let go of that pride. <laughs> maybe it's time to understand that, um, yeah, it's a time to listen. But there's also the hope that, you know, if Pastor Tim is learning this at his, his age, and I'm still learning it at my age. Just know it's it's a process. It's a, a process. Journey. and Yeah, it's a journey. And God is leading us all together on this journey. Thanks for listening today. The Lord be with you in everything you do for the glory of God.